0: Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Woo! It's great to be with you. Hope you had a tremendous weekend. Uh, If you like college and pro football, you did. May not have won all your games, but man, did you enjoy the ride that is college and pro football. Man, we are off to a start, huh? I'm Jeff. That's Tom director, Matthew in house. Good to see him. Good to be with all of you on Twitter. It's a Cameron show and away we go. My goodness gracious. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm having too much fun. It was, it's, it's exactly right. Zyler drama filled. We didn't even get a reprieve on uh, on on Sunday. It was even more craziness.
1: No, the uh, the first half of the one o'clock window was boring, and I thought, oh wow, college football has won the weekend. Uh, and then, yeah, all hell broke The next
0: four hours were amazing. It is just, it is amazing to think of where we're at. All right, where we let, let's start with the obvious. It didn't take long, did it? I mean, normally, you can get past the twelfth of September without somebody getting fired in the world of college football. And you want to talk about desperation to fire somebody. Now, teams, universities, programs, athletic directors, depending, do indeed take care of their own. Do they not? Because when Trev Alberts decides to pull the plug on Scott Frost, who, frankly, had to be fired. I mean, you have to be fired after that game. I'm not sure I would have let him shake hands. He may not have got to Clay Hilton's hand. I would have have had him charged with trespassing if he hadn't gotten off the field before those last seconds ticked away. I get it. But when you have a clause in the contract, folks, to where if they fire you, the buyout on October the 1st is $7.5 million as opposed to, Saturday night, Sunday morning, whenever the specific moment was, $15 million. That is a hell of a you're welcome, Trev Alberts to Scott Frost. Scott Frost should name any more children after Trev Alberts. If he has a kid, name him Trev. Has another kid, name him Albert. Uh, Alberts. Yeah, I mean. Why is your name Alberts? Oh, well, you like your house you live in? Yeah. Mm, that's generational why. wealth. Jesus, Trev talk about doing a favor you're one of us you're one of us so i'm going to give you this money and now i got to turn my back on you sorry ass losing it home to georgia good lord so it starts it's you know that's fun in and of itself they fire can you what a what a lonely week what a tough time in lincoln as all of a sudden normally you'd be excited for oklahoma coming to town nay nay you have two top ten programming programs losing to group of five teams, okay? You have Alabama nearly losing to Texas, who, frankly, if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, I think, beats Alabama. He was killing them. That is that's a look in the mirror moment for Nick, too, because they weren't well coached on Saturday. They had a ton of issues. A whole lot of obstinates, a whole lot of clock management issues, a whole What are we doing out here, Nick? Is father time catching up? Looking a little bewildered.
1: Yeah, that um, 11 a.m. Texas sun didn't do him any favors. Didn't do him any favors.
0: Beleaguered. Appalachian State knocks off number six, Texas A&M. Now, can we go through these numbers? That is a classic Jimbo right there. Hold on. Are you kidding me? We ran 38 plays. 38. Can you imagine being a Texas A&M fan? 38 plays? Sweet Jesus. Look around, man. Get with the program, Slick.
1: That's two drives for Army or Navy.
0: 17-14, they fall. Appalachian State ran 80 plays to Texas A&M's 38. Mm, You don't say? 186 total yards for Texas A&M. They scored seven offensive points against Appalachian State, who just gave up 700 to North Carolina last weekend. Who also isn't any good. Isn't any good at all. You saw North Carolina nearly I watched
1: that game. It was a push for this guy.
0: The Aggies ran two plays in Appalachian State's territory until their final drive. Two. Two. I you know who I heard in my head? jimbo
1: (laughs) i see you jimbo jimbo
0: it's been a while
1: third down jimbo (laughs) better keep the
0: ball this stat blew me away won't though i know it's nuts and the past four recruiting cycles appalachian state has signed zero four or five star recruits zero in the last four None of their recruiting classes ranked higher than 73rd according to the composite rankings. Texas A&M signed more five-star recruits in its 2022 class, eight, than App State has signed top 1,000 players in the past four classes. Sir, every Texas A&M signing class the past four years has ranked eighth or higher Fifty games into Jimbo Fisher's tenure at Texas A&M, thirty-five and fifteen, he is not better than his predecessor, Kevin Sumlin, thirty-six and fourteen, and that's at nine million dollars per year, starting on January the first, twenty twenty-two. He gets an annual raise every season. It's built into the contract.
1: I'll bet you thought I was back in Tallahassee, Jimbo. (laughs) I made the drive.
0: <laughs> he followed him
1: there. I live here now.
0: Marshall goes to number 8 Notre Dame, wins 26-21. The Thundering Herd controlled that game. If you watched it, they led 9-7 at halftime. They took the lead for good with just under six minutes to play. Marcus Freeman, who universally was declared to be a good hire for Notre Dame, I even said as much, I'm going to be wrong if history's right because Marcus Freeman is the first coach in Notre Dame history to ever go 0-3 to start his career. Mm. (laughs) That's a toughie. Fans tend to hang on to things like that. They remember the numbers. They don't, they don't, it'll be all right. No, no, it doesn't look like it's going to be all right. We need to join a conference. (laughs) We got chaos, kids. We got chaos. It's nuts. By the way, my man Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, three hundred sixteen total offensive yards this season. This season, they played how many games now? Well, they remember they won with two safeties and a field goal in in, in week one, and, yeah. and then they won this. They lost this so game. They didn't play week seven. zero,
1: so thankfully they're they're averaging over one hundred and fifty yards a game. Yeah. Good for them.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that'll hurt your feelings. Uh, I was looking at some numbers that blew me away. Uh, Kentucky, again, Mark Stoops, good on you, man. Knocks off Florida. That in and of itself is not stunning. It's not a stunning result. He's 3-2 and two in his last five games against Florida. 2-1 yeah, and one in believe, the past three trips to the swamp.
1: I believe he blew the other two.
0: Well, there was one that was... There was one nobody was covering. Uh, nobody was covering somebody, that's stabbed, right. Yeah. But at one point on Saturday, and you guys know what I'm talking about, where we had the confluence of events where if you were seated, seated at an establishment that had lots of televisions on, you were watching the end of the App State-Texas A&M game going, holy hell, they're going to do this. Jimbo's going to lose to Appalachian State. Hmm. You're watching that. Then you're watching the end of Tennessee and Pitt going to overtime. Crazy game. game, crazy game.
1: Pitt is two for two in wild football games.
0: Yes, they are. So you're watching that game end. You're watching the start of the Kentucky Florida game, and the way that gets started, you're like, "Oh, okay, we're, we've got something. We got a little something brewing over here. This is going to be fun." Yeah, everywhere you looked, like you, I was like, oh, "I don't know where to. Who? What do I watch? This is unreal. What's what's happening over there?" That was incredible.
1: I mapped out my day with the idea that from 12 to 4, there's really not much of anything to worry about college football-wise. And I love the sport, and I miss the sport, so I want to have it on in the background. But it would be on in the background. It would be the white noise. We'll see if by 2 o'clock something emerges that is important. Got to tune in because there's a crazy finish. That Alabama-Texas game started. You couldn't get off the couch. There's no chance. Yeah, That game was too intense too quickly, and you thought, oh, my God outside of Alabama's first drive where they they moved it all the way down the field and it looked like maybe Texas would have trouble stopping them consistently once you settle into about two drives a piece you realize Texas might be the better team today they might be the better team on the field today before Ewers gets hurt but it was just close down to the wire and then college football never took a break it didn't take all the way till one in the morning yeah
0: it was so much fun and and you're just left kind of one thing like let's circle back for a second I Okay, so the first coach to get fired this year is Scott Frost. And I don't suppose that uh, there were better odds on any other coach to get fired sooner than him. Uh, he entered into the season uh, with an immense amount of pressure. Uh, obviously, in the offseason, fired four coaches on his staff. They lowered his salary. Anytime your boss comes to you and tells you to take a huge pay cut and fire your friends, that's a toughie. And that's good. You know, we are we are reeling at this point, right? And so we all know what's next when that happens. When you've, got to, when you've got to ask your boys that you personally brought in, they told you who you're going to bring in next. They tell you who you're bringing in next. He brings Whipple in. They go lose an island to Northwestern. Now, as Northwestern's losing at home to Duke, and at, that, at one point in that game getting pasted, you can't tell me Trev Alberts isn't sitting in his office going, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the
1: people in the tailgate lots saying, uh, I well, don't feel good about today.
0: I'm like, what are we doing this here? This is a problem. I, I'll tell you something right now. A buddy of mine that graduated from Nebraska, from a family of Nebraska graduates, texted me earlier in the day, before the game, said, I'm, I am I think we lose tonight. He picked it. He bet the O.A. Oh, he played it. At plus 900 on the money line.
1: My goodness. It's the best thing Scott Frost has ever done for him.
0: I mean that is unreal. I just you sense it. Things get out of control. What you realize now? You think about this: that guy that just got fired, in addition to being one of their own, a legendary player, the whole deal, right? Takes over a winless program at UCF and turns it around and goes undefeated. They make a bowl as first. They go undefeated. Oh, the whole thing, just like that. This guy's career trajectory goes from hey, we'll see, we'll see how he does. To you got to hire him. Nebraska, his dream job. I mean, he's, of course he's elated. You know, you you wouldn't leave UCF unless it was that job, right? Because things were really rolling there.
1: Right, yeah. And he's, he's a, a god.
0: A, he's a god.
1: Yeah, and he's a year or two away from getting large jobs in Power 5. Yeah. I mean, the big ones.
0: So there he is, UCF, doing great, no problem, the whole deal. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get this opportunity of a lifetime. Probably would make you cry. Have your alma mater call you and say, we we want you. We want you. And he goes there. Now, who's better equipped to sell Notre Dame than a guy who played there, starred there, won there, loves it there, right? That guy, you're going to feel the authenticity sitting across from a guy like that as opposed to a hired gun who comes in from somewhere else, who's right. from, like, Chicago or something. Right. Now, this is a guy who loves – So, and it doesn't happen. If you don't get off to a good start, if you don't find some success early and things begin to avalanche, I don't care how good a coach you are or potentially could be, it's awfully hard to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get it done. It's just the the failures begin to mount and there's a weight. There's a weight in addition to not having the players, in addition to falling short in big games and close moments and all that. There's a weight that comes with the perpetual losses, some of which you didn't even do. You inherited the mess from down the line. That's why you're there. So the weight, you feel it when you step in to a program that's been losing, especially one with great tradition. When when a school has incredible tradition and they've won national championships, plural, and their fans are loyal and dedicated, you walk in feeling the anticipation. All right, you're going to save us. We... We got to get out from under this, and you're one of us. And then it doesn't happen, and you begin to feel the weight, the weight, the weight, the weight. You know, it's tough, man. I just, you could see Nebraska going off the rails, and he could never get it back. And I don't know how a guy goes from taking a winless program and turning it into an undefeated program to getting a dream job and being out of said job with zero success at that place. It is crazy.
1: Well, Adrian Martinez for starters, yeah, and secondly, that guy for a long time. it's hard to get players there, and that's what you're talking about with a success. You need a little bit of success plus your resume to equal enough for a kid to go to Nebraska. It's just hard. It's hard to get the, yeah. the athletes. That was the one you know resource that he did have in the state of Florida. Was look even the castoffs oh, from good players. from yeah. you know the big schools in my state are good enough players, especially in the conference that we play in. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and. In- You know, Scott Frost was still relatively very, very young in his coaching career. So by the time he gets to Nebraska, he hasn't done a a ton of coaching. He's had a lot of success, but he's done very little in the way of head coaching. Now he takes over a program in the Big Ten, and that's a different animal than where you're at at UCF. Now, we can go all the way back. I've talked about this a lot before. When we look at the big picture of college football, and I always like to look at you know, the fabric of college football and talk about the, the, the greater storylines, the backstories and all of that. You know, Nebraska hasn't felt right since they left the Big Twelve. I missed the triple option, all of it. None of it's made any sense, right? And you could you could watch them and you could say, well, that was it was unique to them. They did something that very no big programs did, you know, desperate smaller programs always had to incorporate sort of that offense. But it seemed so fitting to be where they were in Nebraska with the weather and everything else. Those kinds of offenses are bountiful throughout the state and the surrounding areas, where you'd get, you'd recruit from those high schools, those offensive linemen that were used to running that scheme, and you'd bring them to Nebraska, right? These corn-fed hosses that would come in there that knew how to block this up, right? And then you would play into it. You'd get a few elite athletes, Tommy Frazier and all those guys, right? And you would bring them in to incorporate, and you had an identity. That was your thing, and you ran it to the hilt, and everybody got it. They haven't had it since. And I wonder how much regret. I mean, look, that contract the Big Ten has is, I mean, Nebraska's getting paid. This is to some degree a desirable job. There are a lot of guys we could go through that, I mean, I'm
1: Paul Johnson. There you go.
0: <laughs> well, I'm calling fickle first and foremost, but he may not leave Cincinnati. And that's the hard part. Imagine how much it hurts to, to turn around and have to say, well, I'm not so sure the Cincinnati job isn't a better job. Fickle might be like, well, what are you offering me? i got a much better job here at Cincinnati.
1: Well, that's what Frost could have said if it wasn't for the heartstrings before he took the Nebraska game. Yeah. It's, look, if I'm going to parlay my success right now, I'm going to parlay it into something bigger than Nebraska. It's
0: crazy. It's crazy. And then the NFL happens. We haven't touched on that yet. And then we'll get to Florida State, which practice begins again today. You were at said practice. We'll talk about that a little bit. What an opportunity now. This all adds up as we look big picture. College football's wild. We're in store for a crazy year. The things we thought we knew knew for sure, maybe we don't know for sure. Some of the things that we suspected seem to be right. Some of the things that we thought to be true or not right. So there's all this this I don't know, it's I'm not when I survey the top 25. And you and I talked about this a little bit, and I was thinking it late Saturday night. How many sure things are you looking at out there? No, the energy How many many sure things are you looking at in that top twenty-five?
1: My energy this week is don't mess around and win this game convincingly now. Don't do that. Because then there are expectations in the air.
0: Well, I I feel like there already are. You know, I mean, I I had a suspicion Louisville would go win the game against UCF. I'm not a Gus Malzahn guy. I try to tell everybody he sucks. He does. Anyhow, this is They'll be up for this game. This will be, They'll be sky high for us, but we're better. We're, we're just better. Go win this game. Go take care of your business. And like you said, to some degree, go win this game convincingly. Go head on. Go head on and win this game convincingly. Because then you got BC, sorry ass rolling into town, and you're staring 4-0 and in the face, and then a, a ranked Wake Forest team coming into town, and buddy... I mean, we're already knocking on the top 25. You saw the others receiving votes mm-hmm. and all that. It's yep. right there. Jeff Cambridge, on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, WarChan TV. Stay away from overreacting in week one of the NFL season, but there was a lot to react to. I would say it's not an overreaction, or at least I don't think it's an overreaction at this point, to suggest that Dallas' season is over. Grand opening, grand closing. I believe it is. Thanks for playing, everybody. Dallas' season is over. Uh, It should be noted they were awful before Dak broke his thumb. Uh, They were going nowhere with that group of receivers, uh, dominated in every facet of the game by the Bucks, and I was beginning to think as I was turning off my TV up 19 to three, I said, "I don't need to see the end. I know how this ends. Maybe I wake up, and it's 1910. But it doesn't matter. The game's been over for a long time." I didn't see the injury until this morning. Um, I needed some some shut eye, Tom. I had to do it. So, uh, so I, at 19 to three, I was like, "Okay, I'm going to bed," and uh, I thought. When I turned off my television where I began to fall asleep, uh, I thought, boy, Dallas is going to have a hard time winning five games with this group, like before he got hurt.
1: Yeah, so the irony of the injury is both times that he got hit in the hand, Barrett got held like crazy. There was no flag on it. I know. know. But if 73, the young Smith, had actually let Barrett go, maybe Dak just goes to the ground and doesn't have a broken thumb. Um, It looked like after about the second drive, a preseason game. When Dallas had the football, it It was felt like a preseason game. It was
0: weird. Like Like, there were ninety thousand people in
1: the stadium last night, you would not have known that.
0: No, ill prepared. There was no rhythm to the passing game to speak of. I, mm. I've
1: got some breaking news for you too. Mike McCarthy's dumb as a post. (laughs) (laughs) They could run the ball straight at us. Yes, and they were surging our defensive line, which to me is alarming for future matchups, including this weekend against the Saints, because the Saints won't be that stupid. Right, they'll run it right at you. Now, I don't know if that's because Dallas, from a run-blocking standpoint, is actually good, but if you watch the trenches, no, I, I mean, it was a two- and a three-yard push consistently, and even at 19-3, to three, the play was run the ball and yeah, see how far get we can get. back into it, see if you yeah. can
0: score and go for two and, and, and get back But he in kept it. throwing
1: because he's uh, Mike McCarthy.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, I think the only other team that I looked at this weekend who, and again, I'm trying to be very careful. I mean, we see weird results all the time. Last year, the Packers got blown out by the Saints over in Jacksonville. Remember that? And we were like, well, "Good God, man!" And then they went on to have a great season. In a weird way, the Packers look like the same Packers from a year ago. This past week, and we kind of suspected they would look terrible. Took Minnesota, talked about it. That was easy, right? All that. All right. I'm not going to overreact to that. Those young receivers will come along. Rodgers Lazard will, be, will come back yeah, to you. back. The They're going to yeah. get healthier. We'll see, right? But I think you've got to probably be on the cusp. And I know we're reluctant to do so because of his history. The Patriots suck. Oh, yeah. The Patriots kind of straight up suck. There's Mm -hmm. nothing about that team that's redeeming. Watching them play, you're like, you know, I was a little worried about you coming into the season. This seemed a little shaky, but, you know, I'll trust Bill. They got nothing going on. They, uh, that I'd be mashing the red button. Uh, we got problems in New England. Hit that button, baby. We got problems in New England, and I should know better. But I'm mm, I'm not buying it. I don't like them. Yeah. So they're n- <laughs> yeah. No, their their like next
1: them. three games are at Pittsburgh. Interesting. Now. No, it's that, two no, bad teams playing football. Yeah.
0: That'll be fun. That's, that's right.
1: And then it's the Ravens and the Packers. So mm. they're one and three at best. One and three to start the season.
0: I would also note uh, of the other things that I thought was interesting anyhow. um, You know, like before the season began, we talked a lot about what did we think we knew. Well, we love the Bills. Well, we still do. Um, We weren't certain about um, a couple of other teams, but we wanted to see, are the Chargers that much better on defense? Because if they're better on defense, they're a real problem in the AFC. They could be the second best team vying with Kansas City. The AFC in general is kind of fun in this way. But if the Chargers can get a stop every now and again, they're going to be well. They got a they got a pass rush. Low key, the Mac pickup. If he's going to be right like he was in this, then they've got they've got nasty bookends.
1: Yeah, and then Herbert had another six throws yesterday where he got just
0: just dumb for crying. He makes throws all. Yeah, no, no, he's sick. He's sick. So that we know that. Okay, I I do agree. How could you not? We've seen it already. Mahomes is an elite player. Got it kansas city's gonna score on a lot of people uh, look at you arizona i'm not i'm not look at that team out there not wanting to play football uh, they, they don't in, want in the to. home opener yep. they don't like their coach there's mm-hmm. something going on there's a wrong whole there. lot of this is our concern dude
1: and they still paid kyler murray even though there which a, i would yeah. not have done anyhow mm-hmm.
0: but we've talked about that too that was dumb mm. there's more there's more i, I this, just, just, Minnesota
1: looked good too defensively. They did. did. Defensive. I understand that the Packers receivers don't exist. They're like the limit. They don't exist. Yeah. But they look stout up front. The O line was a bit of a concern, though, that they have they've done better work with it. But I think that's what Green Bay is going to be able to put hang their hat on. Is Green Bay's front seven is good.
0: Yeah. Um I would have thrown the ball to Dalvin a little bit more, but I'm selfish because I've got him on my fantasy team. <laughs>
1: The funny thing was, what did he have? Just over, just under 100 all-purpose yeah, yards. It was very quiet.
0: Yeah, very quiet. Yeah. Um, didn't get into the end zone. And
1: Madison ran hard yesterday for them too.
0: Unfortunately, don't need his ass out there any more than necessary. Let's go. I mean,
1: come on, they're even throwing to C.J. Ham. I was
0: getting angry about it. I was. I was getting. I was getting angry about it. Uh, no, plenty. Plenty. Of, I'll, I'll circle back, but I do want to. I want to get to FSU and and how excited I am about this opportunity. It has been a minute. It has been a minute since Florida State was about to play in a game where, A, there were very real expectations based on a previous game's result, and not just hope, that there was something that you thought you could hang your hat on. And it has also been a minute where there's something really to lose here. Um, I could argue that if we didn't know how the game was going to play out last week against uh, LSU, meaning... Florida State was going to dominate throughout much of the game and then nearly give it away. All right. If you just clean slate, we don't know how the game's going to go. Let's say LSU comes in and wins that game 27 20, and it's a hard fought game and it's equal, and you could survive it as long as you went on and beat Louisville, right? I mean, we're kind of looking at those two games as pivotal. Now, had they lost it, given the way it played out, that I do think we would have seen more devastating repercussions, potentially, emotionally, in all of it. So, now that we've watched a lot of college football through two weeks here, three weeks I guess now, until, well, you know, I, I think what we're seeing is there's a, there's a spot for Florida State in the top 20. There's a spot for Florida State in the top 20. And we've looked around at the ACC, and we're not exactly impressed. Seldom are, but we're really not impressed right now. Uh, Clemson's defensive line impresses me. I still think they're struggling on offense. Miami, okay. Not a juggernaut, but pretty good. All right, got it. That's We figured on those two things. Everybody else?
1: Oh, man. I mean, so, it's, it,
0: could we be the third best team in the ACC?
1: Whether it was a group text or sitting with your friends at the bar on Saturday, whatever it was, there was a moment where everybody who watches college football together and cares about Florida State. You got that little group of yours mm, or yeah, a big group. Everybody does, right? Might be around 4.35 o'clock on Saturday where you look over your shoulder to one friend, you look over the other shoulder to the other friend, and you go, you know.
0: I'm, I'm serious. You, you do. You're I kinda, mean,
1: uh, who's out there?
0: Why not us is what you're right. saying. You're like, you know.
1: You're a dude on a Sunday.
0: Uh, I don't see much. At a major.
1: You're six shots back of the leaders. Two leaders vying for it. You're four groups from last. You're making the turn, and they both are three over, and you're saying, You know. If I step on the gas here on the back nine a little bit and I post a number, <laughs> yeah, who knows? You
0: guys are choking it away, right? I go win a game that you look equipped to win. Like, go handle these expectations, moderate as they are. Button up, go up there, play smart football, maximize what you have, which I think is enough, and go win that football game. Now, now you get a road win in the conference, in the division, and you're three and zero. Everybody's falling all around you. You know you at that point, you start to you start to, I think, conjure up images of, of maybe a crazy season, maybe you overstate what's possible. But you also begin to really, I think, brim with an awful lot of confidence. You know, it, but now you're getting the proof of concept we've all wanted. Now the buy-in is paying off. And others are asking themselves real hard questions because if Louisville loses, they're 1-2. and two. If, uh, it, you know, I mean, it's, right? So you win that game against yeah. them, they're 1-2. and two. Yep. Uh, Clemson, I think, still kind of looking around. They're the team to beat. There's no doubt because of that defense. I get it. That's a tall task, but it's here. So, you know, maybe, maybe, right? I The rest of it, Boston College, asked, sorry, NC State will be tough on the road. They looked a lot better, as I figured they would be. But there's not a whole lot of, oh, well, there's no chance. There's not a no. whole lot of that featured in this conference. There's not.
1: Short of an injury between now and those games like NC State and Clemson, I don't think there is a no, no chance.
0: Well, you're not playing a roadie against Alabama. Right. You're not going and to Columbus. Well, I'm just saying you're not on the road at Columbus. You're not going, you know, this. come on now. You don't have to be great to maybe win nine, ten games this year. And this is what we were talking about before the season. I don't care if it's real, if it's fake, if it's the byproduct of uh, any number of uh, you know, five or six scenarios that you could identify. The number's the number. You get there, you get there. You create real momentum regardless. Recruits don't know.
1: Yeah, I'd like to have that conversation this time next week after beating Louisville in which we say, All right, uh, what are we? Now there are real expectations. Mm-hmm. Can you handle it at 8 p.m.? Because that's the kickoff time for Boston College. Correct. 8 p.m. ACC Network, our favorite channel. Can you handle that in the first half and not look nervous? Because now now you have material to lose. Yeah, there's There's,
0: nothing to be nervous about, guys. You're better across the board than Boston College. Sorry, ass. And we'll worry about it. Go beat Louisville. You're right. We'll worry about it later. Right.
1: But I'm just... But that's the next conversation, if you can handle this week, which, after Friday's game, I I felt better. I felt even better about our chances this Friday after watching UCF My picking
0: Louisville, by the way, had less to do with what kind of prowess I thought they had or possessed or whatever, and more to do with what I didn't think UCF was, because I'm on record of not believing in Gus at all, ever. So... That uh, it was ugly. The game was ugly. The two teams weren't very good. Louisville looks to be better. I don't think UCF's going to be a very good team this year. But I thought they would bounce back. That'll engender a little bit of confidence for them. They'll be sky high on Friday night. If you come out and play poorly early, now you've got a problem on your hands.
1: The reason I love that game specifically, and UCF will run tempo faster than we will. That's Gus's hallmark. But a lot of the principles, the base principles of that offense are the same as ours. They're the same. I mean, Mike has a tie with Auburn and, and the Malzon tree. And when you have that stuff on film, those specific style, that specific style of offense that we run, again, tempo's different, and you see Louisville failing in many regards with some of our base stuff, and we're going to run it faster after the ball snapped, not between plays, but we'll have faster and better players after the ball snapped. Yeah, I agree. I love our chances to put up at least 30, mid-30s in this game.
0: Oh, Buddy, and I, at
1: that I, point, I mean, you just need to not fall flat on your face. But
0: isn't that where we sit today? I mean, let's be honest. It's an important week. Here, It's Monday. The game's Friday. It's a short week. We're already, like, trying to get focused while looking back. All of that's there, at least as a show we are. I mean, Florida State's locked in. But – this, there's a lot to be gained here. There's a lot to be won here. You've got a real opportunity at foot because I do think Florida State's going to score in the 30s. I agree with you. I thought that I was sitting there watching Louisville the other night. I was like, okay, well, they're not going to stop this on the regular. Now, they may be able to score a lot, and that's where we're at. Right. It's this to, to, to Adam Fuller. It's a big week for him, man, and I think we're going to say that a lot this year. I really do because I think Mike and this offense, so long as Jordan's healthy, are going to be able to put up enough points to win. If you walk out of any game and you score 28 to 35 points, most of the time you should win. Now, there are a couple of maybe juggernaut offenses down the road or something like that you might face where you'd say, oh, you're going to need more than that. You might need more than that against Miami. I don't know, but we'll see. And we'll let the season play out to dictate those terms. But most nights, I think Florida State's going to be in a position, so long as they execute in the red zone, I do worry about us kicking the football. I will tell you that It will leave points on the field too often. I'm a little nervous about that. But but this is a team that should score 31 to 34 points a game in the ACC. Yeah, I mean they're not again.
1: And then for us defensively, the thing I'd say is, and Coach Fuller spoke to the media today. You know, he's talking about the basic things that Satterfield offenses run well, and he says you know they run outside zone stretch about as any, as good as anybody in the country. And immediately my brain went to, well, we've got linebackers now. So I feel better about that particular play because that puts a lot of onus on the linebackers and the agility of the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And we're good there and there. Their receivers, talking about Louisville, are not nearly as talented as LSU. Well, and they- However, yeah. the one thing I'd say is I would test us vertically earlier in a play, not waiting for something to develop, just straight nines and let's see if our corners can run with them. That's something that LSU didn't challenge a whole lot. And so I think Louisville will do that.
0: Well, and they, that's been their hallmark against us in recent memory. I mean, they've done that a lot. You Correct. think about last year's first half. Yes. It was like a, a firework. I mean, every after every play, they're like, okay, they're going to throw a deep again here, guys. I mean, they, they're they saying, show me you can stop.
1: Right, it. because we're we're showing that we're going to play a lot of man. Yeah. And so it's one-on-one, yes. can you do it?
0: And their whole argument was, show me you can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you can stop it, I should say. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting. Chef Cameron, ninety-three-three, Real Talk Radio, right War Chant TV. trying to think of the teams that feel secure as they sit here today. The AP Top 25 out. Georgia would be one of them. They sit atop that pole, obviously. I know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, comfortable wins there. But even, like, for example, Oklahoma 2-0. Looked a little shoddy for about two quarters there. A little shoddy. I mean, the, the, a lot of the teams that I'm looking at, if you're Southern Cal, are you better on offense? Yes, world's better on offense. Does your defense suck? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Not a very good defense. You're going to have to win a lot of shootouts. Maybe you can, but you have something to be concerned about. Um, I suppose Ohio State feels okay. They didn't look great against Notre Dame. Still won by 11 that was the week ago, I understand. Right. But, but given more I'm just evidence
1: ta- about Notre Dame, you're saying... Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at Notre
0: Dame, like, eh, well, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of the teams that feel good about themselves. Clemson's still wondering about their offense. They scored all of seven points in the second half on Saturday. Much to Tom's chagrin. Um, that's a <laughs> oh, toughie. man, that's, that's a, a tough yeah. beat, bro. Oh, buddy, I got nothing but bad beats going on right now. It's all right. Time to to buck up, soldier. Um, thank God my, my, my prize picks came through for me buddy
1: yeah and that was a backdoor Jameis special right there
0: <laughs> careful <Huh. laughs> but I'll tell you what what are you gonna do that was a hell of a fourth quarter a fourth quarter for the eight that's what I said he looked yeah it was reminiscent of the second half against Notre Dame in 2014 yeah. it was it was bull, a lot bull. of things yeah yeah he was he was great he was great mm-hmm. he had a perfect quarterback rating did you see that in the uh, second half I believe it. Oh, I, mean, he went nuts. I mean I
1: saw it. He went nuts. Every throw would suggest as much.
0: Yeah. It was crazy to watch. Um and then Atlanta had to think, well, that might be the only did game you, we win this year.
1: Did you see the uh the question he was asked after the game was over? Because he said I went in the tent, felt some pain, and then uh I forget who Shannon Spake, I think, was the sideline reporter. Where was the pain, James? He goes it was pain. It was pain everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but you gotta be resilient. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you gotta fight it through. Was, it was pain. It was pain the pain, pain was every, everywhere. Pain was everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma State, we don't trust. They're 2-0. Kentucky, okay. Well, all right. Maybe Kentucky. Maybe they feel very good about themselves right about now. Uh, Arkansas, we'll see. I worry about their defense still. Man, there's former Florida State players out here just killing it. Arkansas, LeBourne, Marshall. Yeah, well, yep. I mean, that was, yeah. Good for him. Um, I don't know. I just don't, I, There aren't a ton of teams that feel really good about themselves just yet. Which is what that's the point we're making. It's like, well, we we could feel good about ourselves. I mean if you're gonna I mean, just I mean if you're gonna let us allow ourselves to get in here, man.
1: The door is right there. It's just there's a welcoming person inside saying, Come on, join us. Leave the tent of suspicion.
0: Speaking of which, every year, every F and year, that's why I came up with the tent of suspicion. Two teams, two teams that I invented the tent of suspicion for. The first, lost on Saturday, as they always do early in the year because that's who they are, Wisconsin. Losing at home to Washington State. Thanks for the 14 points, Wisconsin. Have a good day. Grand opening, grand closing for Wisconsin, always. Why do we bother? Why do we bother every year?
1: Because it's fun.
0: Stop doing it, everybody. Stop. So goodbye to their sorry ass. Off they go, just like we thought they would. And then usually back in the day. Now they've just been permanently removed. They can't get into the tent anymore. They wish they could get into the tent. UCLA never matters. But the point would be, that's why I invented it. Those two programs who annually, for the, forever, were ranked in the top 25 inexplicably. Wisconsin always did us the service. I give Wisconsin credit. They'll, they'll go ahead and remove themselves from contention, usually pretty early. We're like, okay, well, that's, that's the end of you. That's they couldn't make that. it through happy hour. Wisconsin's got to go. (laughs) We all met as an office at 4 o'clock. I pulled Wisconsin aside and said, now remember last year. Let's keep it together. Just because we're all excited college football's back, you can't be three sheets at the wind by 5.30. I need you to keep it together. We got a lot of people here. I don't want to have to call an Uber for you at 5.30 on the first big get-together on a Friday, but here we are, Wisconsin. Look at you face down asleep at the end of the bar. Keith came over and pulled me aside and said, Wisconsin's done dealing. What happened? Shots right when he walked through the door. What? It's 4.15. Get him out. Get him out. I would suggest next year we don't invite him. That's mean. We should invite him. I just, Jeff, by now, how many years are we going to come to this thing? My guy is face down in the muck before 6 p.m. All right, Wisconsin, you got to go. Good to see you, too. Yes, we got you You're good. Good to see you. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93 3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm trying to think of the scenarios uh, by which Florida State goes and establishes. I mean, God forbid, Tom, as we kick kick the uh, – we spitball, if you will, about what we think can happen um, in regards to the game on Friday night. You mentioned it earlier, just for those tuning in, 8 o'clock is the kickoff against Boston College. That's been announced 8 o'clock kickoff for B.C., ACC Network. Um, okay. I mean, I –
1: well, they're projecting, too. I think that's they the league are. executive saying, you know what? They're going to beat Louisville. They're going to be 3-0 and ranked at home, so let's put them on at night.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think they're projecting that, too. I would love to confirm their suspicions. Um, I think it's, it's important. Again, when we're talking about lofty win total projections and excitement and enthusiasm being built around a program, every win matters. It doesn't really matter what we are or are not. If you're just talking about a team and a win total and fooling recruits and creating buzz and, and you know, obviously generating some confidence moving forward, then every win matters. And maybe Louisville's not any good at all. And you go and you win that game, uh, 7.30 Friday night. And if you're able to do it, uh, obviously you start thinking about, all right, well, 4-0 is right there staring you in the face. Wake was a game that we said before the season, Florida State needed to win, because it's a home game. You got to stop, steady having problems with Wake, okay? And then from there, you know who knows what the number could be. But if you get to five and zero, oh, sweet Jesus! So all of a sudden, everything's on the table. I mean, our wildest dreams this year—I think wildest dreams would have been ten and two for some of the most extreme projections. But all of a sudden, at five and zero, oh, it maybe. Yeah, it's a, it's still a maybe. Uh, then, I still think it's that, a maybe because that, Clemson, yeah. NC State, Florida, uh, and well, Miami on the road. NC State, Clemson,
1: back-to-back, too, is not nothing.
0: Well, if you could go one and one in those games, you'd be doing something. That'd be You're huge.
1: staring 10-2 in the face if you go one and one in those games.
0: Yeah. Yes. I. I'll, we'll cross that. <laughs> well, it, it, <laughs> you it, don't want to it, think it, about that right it, now. I, I, I don't. But, you know, I was looking at uh, an article this morning, and we are all doing this now, and I normally don't clamor for such recognition don't care uh ESPN released a college football power ratings after two weeks four states in the top twenty five and what I did rather than care about that power rating although it's nice to be recognized every now and again uh was look at the teams in it and say you know what I thought in my head where we're at with those teams how many of them could we beat how many of them would we beat how many of them you know and it's it's just fascinating to to watch because I think the parity in college football is is pretty evident. There just feels like a, a bunch of coin flips all throughout that list. There aren't so unless your team is again right now uh Ohio State, Georgia, unless you're one of those teams, I would assume Alabama will bounce back. I mean, they do still have immense talent.
1: I think part of it's really tough, you know, and in, in it, I'd love to have this kind of a tough problem, quote unquote, but They get a free strike every year, and the kids know that. So I'm sure that equates to, unfortunately for them, poor work ethic at times because they know if they lose, so what? We win the conference, we win the conference championship game, one of those two things, we're still going to the playoff. So you don't have the desperation that a Texas does. I know Saban has a hallmark to evoke that, but human nature at some point.
0: Well, if I'm an Alabama fan and I'm fighting uh, the uh, temptation to – Be be spoiled. I I appreciate a win like they had on Saturday. I really do. For the reasons you just laid out. Hour number two forthcoming. We'll speak to uh, Ira Sheffel that hour as we are wont to do on Mondays.